You guys backstage, you sound so good. Hey, join me in a word of prayer. Father God, uh, boy, it's just good to be in your presence this morning and uh, to celebrate you. God, we just want to pause, and uh, no matter where we're at in this room, I just pray that the, the reality that you pursue us, that you love us, that you chase us, because you love us so much, would just hit home today. But Lord, also the reality that there are people in this world around us in our lives that don't know that truth yet, and that should break our hearts. And so God, I just pray that you give us some of your heart today, that we'd have eyes for the world, but also celebrate the fact that you, you came for us. Lord, we love you. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said, amen. amen. So, uh, good morning. It's good to see you. Welcome. My name is Joshua. If you don't know who I am, I'm one of the pastors on staff here. And uh, I'm going to very humbly ask that you'd maybe just extend a little bit of <clears throat> grace to me this morning. I'm a, I'm a bit under the weather, so I, I apologize for that. Um, but uh, if, so if I say anything funky or wacky, it's the cold medicine coursing through my veins right now. I just want you to know that. Uh, we'll blame it on that. If I say anything offensive, blame the cold medicine. So, um, but uh, just to, thanks for bearing with me. That's why I'm just going to sit and, and maybe be a little bit more conversational in uh, my preaching this morning. But hey, it's great to see you. Seriously, it's good to see you. We know you could be anywhere else today, but you chose to be here, and we're glad you're here. I also just want to say hello to anyone online joining us as well. Thank you for joining us too. We're just praying that that God will speak to us this morning. So, well, I am stoked. I am excited to be here, even though I'm like a little buzzy right now. But I'm excited mostly because I love the week prior to Easter. Because next week is Easter, if you didn't know that, and, and I love the buildup. And Easter is so important to the Christian faith. Because without an empty tomb, I can say this, without an empty tomb, we could chain the doors, turn off the lights, and never have to come back. It is the foundation of our Christian faith, the empty grave. And man, I hope you can be here next week, and I hope you're inviting friends, because we are going to celebrate, celebrate next week on Easter. And so my goal today really is to just kind of be anticipatory and to be thinking ahead to Easter, but also just to get you thinking about what might happen to you just in this week, just this coming week. The people and the circumstances that might cross your paths this week. And so I want to talk about that. Now, I've titled today, uh, the, the Whoosh Moment, okay? Now, I'm convinced that you're probably going, what in the world is that all about? In fact, I guarantee this is probably the only message in your entire life you will ever hear with the word whoosh in it, right? Probably, okay. And I did that intentionally because I hope to, to kind of pique your curiosity, be like, what's that all about? And, and to just get you to kind of track with me. And so I'm excited, and the idea for this title, just so you know, because this is my, my quirkiness and my weirdness, the idea actually came from a movie line, okay, for the title of this message. came from a movie that came out in 2014. It was a very popular movie. It's called The Lego Movie. And I know, you can laugh at me, that's okay. And <clears throat> I just, it's just a great movie if you have it. It's, it's warm-hearted, it's fun, it's, it's family-friendly, it's a favorite in the Kershaw, okay? You just need to know that. And in the movie, we're introduced to the main character. And the main character's name is Emmett, okay? Now, Emmett, there's nothing special about Emmett. You just need to know that. He's just a normal guy. There's nothing flashy about him. He's, he's actually quite boring, okay? He, he, he goes to work every day. He goes through the routine. 
He follows the rules, okay? He doesn't like change. Sounds a little bit like me, you know? And he just has this normal life. And as you watch the movie, if you've never seen it, there comes this point where there's this pivotal moment in, in Emmett's life. And it's one of my, I don't even know why I like this line in the movie, but he's, he, he's leaving work for the day with his friends. And he's going off with his friends and someone is sneaking onto the work site and someone kind of runs by and he goes, whoosh. And he actually makes a whoosh noise. Okay, this is where I got the title idea. Actually makes a whoosh noise. And in that moment, this is a pivotal moment for Emmett. Because Emmett, in that moment, he's either going to ignore the whoosh and go off with his friends or he's going to look into the whoosh. And in that moment that the whoosh happens, he goes, I think I heard a whoosh. He actually says that. I think I heard it. And I love that movie line. I don't know why we say it in our house sometimes just to be silly. He says, I think I heard a whoosh. And in that moment, instead of deciding to go back to his normal, mundane routine, he actually pursues the whoosh. And he looks into it and he investigates and it changes his life forever. I love that. I love that. Now let me just pause for a minute by telling you this. Friends, I believe this. I believe that God brings whoosh moments into our lives all the time. I do. I believe he's constantly trying to get our attention. He's trying to interact in our lives. He's trying to say, man, I have something so cool planned for you. But what happens to us is we can get caught up in the routine of our lives. And we miss those moments, those whoosh moments where God's trying to get our attention. Friends, God wants us to be a part of something far grander, far bigger than ourselves, as Emmett learned in this movie. And I think that's so important for us to understand too. God is an intimate God. God loves you. He always wants to be a part of your life, every piece of it. And sometimes God tries to get our attention with a whoosh. And so today, I just want to talk to you about some ways that that might, this is what it might look like sometimes, but I also want to talk to you today about how do we, when we have those moments, what do we do with those moments? And I think you'll find that this, you'll, there's a purpose here for this. I'm going to take you on this journey, okay, of, of where, I, where I went. And I want you to travel with me because there's implications for our lives. And I would even say implications for our lives in just this week leading up to Easter, Okay. Now, before, before I go any further, just for kicks, I looked up the definition of the word whoosh. Okay, this is, this is how my, and maybe it's the medicine talking, but this is how, like, my, over the last two weeks, my journey went, okay? Because I'm a pastor, and I'm a little dorky like this. So I looked up the word whoosh, and I would define the word like this. It is uh, a sometimes loud, rushing noise similar to that of wind. Now, you can laugh at me here. So I decided to do something just weird, okay? I decided to look up everywhere in the Bible that the word wind is used. Now, some of you right now are thinking, dude, you need a hobby, okay? That's, you're probably right, I do, but hey, still sue me. I am a pastor. My curiosity was piqued. I pulled on that thread, and I, I learned some things. I thought this was really fascinating. So I'm actually going to show you passages from the Bible that actually use the word wind and how God gets people's attention in these moments, okay? Now, God gets our attention in all kinds of ways, but I just found this super fascinating that God, of all people, used wind to get our attention, okay? So, so go with me here, okay? Because and, and there's implications here. 
Well, the first thing that I learned, I, I, I'm not kidding. I looked up every verse, and we're not going to go through every verse. Some of you are like, oh, man, seriously. No, we're not going to go through every verse. But all the key ones that I found are like, wow. And I started to piece some things together. The first thing I learned as I looked through these passages where God uses wind was this. I learned that God gets people's attention through preservation. Through preservation. And then let me explain that. Let's go all the way back to Genesis 8. Check this out. This is what it says. But God remembered Noah. Now, we all know the historical account of Noah, right? God says, I got to wipe out the earth. There's so much evil. And he chooses Noah and his family to save. He says, I'm going I'm to repopulate the earth through your family. Now, Noah was stuck on this ark for hundreds of days. I think sometimes we always think that it was just like 40 days. No, it rained for 40 days. And then they just sat there floating on the smelly boat for hundreds of days. Now, if I'm Noah, I'm probably going, are we doomed on this boat? Like, I think we're going to starve to death just floating on water for the rest of our lives, and that's it. It says, God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with them in the ark. Don't miss that phrase as God remembered. Because I'm sure Noah's like, I think God forgot about us. No, God remembered. And he sent a, what's it say? Wind. He sent a wind over the earth and the waters receded. So God remembers Noah and he starts this wind and it, it kind of evaporates and starts pushing the waters down. Why? To save Noah and his family. Okay, fast forward to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 10 says this, Israel's this nation that's been enslaved by Egypt. Okay, it's bad. It's so bad. And they're crying out. They're like, God, this is terrible. Like, have you forgotten us? And so God sends Moses, his mess, Moses and Aaron, his messengers, says, deliver a message, right? Says, let my people go. We've all heard that, right? And so God says, I'm going to send 10 plagues to get attention, to get their attention, to get Pharaoh's attention, to get the, the Egyptians' attention. And one of those plagues, check this out. So Moses stretched out his staff over Egypt, and the Lord made an east wind blow across the land all that day and all that night. By morning, that wind had brought in locusts. That was one of the 10 plagues. And friends, those locusts absolutely destroyed the Egyptian food population. They ate everything. Now, if you're Pharaoh, would that get your attention? Yeah, that would get my attention. Friends, my first point, I believe God gets people's attention through preservation. In each of these cases, God used wind, I know, that's so quirky, to preserve. Okay? He preserved Noah and his family, and he preserved the nation of Israel. Did you actually know that when God sent those locusts, they did not eat the Israelites' food source? Did you know that? They only ate the Egyptian food source. God was preserving the nation of Israel. Friends, to preserve, it means, it means to spare, to spare. Guys, have you ever had a moment in your life where you feel like God spared you from something? And maybe you didn't even realize it at the time, but looking back, you're like, whoa, God spared me from something. I was thinking about this, and, and I'm not... I'm not proud of this, uh, but before I, uh, before I gave my life to Christ, before I decided, God, I want to be a part of what you're about, I want to follow Jesus Christ, I, I lived a fairly wild lifestyle. I'm just going to tell you that honestly. And I found myself at a party 
doing things I shouldn't have been doing as an underage person. And I, I found, and I'm ashamed of this. I found myself in a precarious situation with a gal. But God allowed something to happen in that moment before I did something that I would have regretted. Believe it or not, in that situation, I actually got sick. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was at this party in a precarious situation and I started to feel ill. And I literally got sick, literally to the point where like, I gotta go home. I feel like I'm gonna throw up. Now at the moment, I didn't realize it, but church, listen to me. Looking back, I can see that that was God preserving me. He preserved my heart from doing something that I would have regretted for the rest of my life. He had my attention. So guys, one of the ways that I think God tries to get our attention is through preservation. I think a second way that God tries to get our attention is through protection. God tries to get people's attention through protection. Here's what it says in Exodus 14. Another verse with wind in it, ironically. Then Moses, okay, so Egypt has finally said, fine, go, you've done enough damage, just leave. Pharaoh's had it. Go with your people. And so they leave, and they come to the Red Sea. We all know, that we've probably heard the historical count. But Pharaoh has one last moment where he's like, no, uh-uh. I'm going to send my army, I'm going to murder every single one of them because he's so bitter and angry. And this army chases the entire nation of Israel and pins them against the Red Sea. It says, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind. Are you kidding me? This is so cool to me. And he turned it into dry land. Now, do you think that got people's attention? I don't know why I wouldn't, and a giant, a ginormous sea parting into two pieces so I can cross. Yeah, that would get my attention. <laughs> I love this. Later in, in the New Testament, we see Jesus, he's hanging out with his disciples, okay? They're in a boat, and the storm comes out of nowhere. And the disciples, these are, these are men that have been on a boat their entire lives, by the way. The storm comes out of nowhere, and they are terrified. They are terrified. And Jesus gets up. Here's what it says in Mark 4. Jesus got up, rebuked the wind. Wait a minute. Rebuked the wind and said, waves, and said to the waves and the wind, quiet, be still. I can just say, simmer down, you know, just like you picture Jesus saying that. And the wind died down and it was completely calm. Now, if I was the disciples, do you think that got my attention? Yeah. <laughs> Did he just tell the wind to shut up? I mean, seriously, that's amazing to me. But what I learned from these cases is that God gets people's attention through protection. Friends, God used the wind to protect the Israelites and cross the Red Sea and, and, and literally protect them from being slaughtered. Jesus even told the wind, he commands the wind and said, simmer down, and he protected his disciples from drowning. Man, that's power. That is serious power. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever had a moment in your life where you've, you've just sensed like God protected you from something. You know, maybe, maybe it was just one of those moments where you're like, whoa, that was a close call. 
I mean, I, 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 have a, I have a situation in my life where I remembered we were living in Iowa. Don't hold that against me. We were living in Iowa for a little bit. And I drove into, drove into town because I wanted to see a movie. And it was, I drove into Mason City. And it, it started to storm. And it was one of those ice storms. It was just real bad. But I couldn't turn back. I was almost, almost there. So I pulled up to a, a stoplight, a red light. That was the front car. And the car behind me couldn't stop. And that car rear-ended me and pushed me right out into the intersection as the cross-traffic started to go. And amazingly, friends, I don't know why, somehow the impact of the car behind me allowed me to slide all the way through that intersection. I mean, I had my foot on the brake, and and I even remember in that split moment where I finally went through, I looked up in my rearview mirror and two trucks went right behind my car. Do you think that got my attention? He sure did. Now, I don't know if God was using that moment to get my attention, but but I can tell you it caused me to pause and say, whoa, thank you, God. And the hard thing with that is that I know that's not always the case. Sometimes bad things happen. But I do know that in that moment, God got my attention through protection. And that kind of leads me to kind of the last way, and, and this, is, this, is so, this is the hardest one. Friends, I believe that God gets our attention through pain. And I don't, I don't like it. I'm, I, stand, I, I sit before you as one of your pastors to tell you, I don't understand it. I don't always understand it. I don't even like it. But I can't deny the fact that God sometimes has to get our attention with pain. And I, I found this, you know, you've probably heard the, the, the historical account of a guy named Jonah. And in the book of Jonah, God says to him, hey, I got a mission for you. I have a task for you. And Jonah says, oh, no, I'm not going to that city. He says, I want you to go to the city and tell them they got to change their ways. They're so evil or I'm going to wipe them out. And Jonah says, I ain't going there. No. In fact, he gets on a boat and heads in the exact opposite direction that God tells him to go. But Jonah has to learn the hard way, right? It says this in Jonah 1.4. It says, Then the Lord sent a great wind. There it is, a great wind on the sea. And such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. Now, if I'm Jonah, this has got my attention. And it's also got the attention of everybody else on the ship because they realize, hey, wait a minute, it's Jonah's fault that the storm has come about. So they throw Jonah overboard. And then we all know that, that, right, we know what happens next. He gets swallowed by a large fish. Now, at some point, you think Jonah said, well, this really stinks. Literally. I mean, he was inside a fish. Gross. God had to use pain to get Jonah's attention. He did. But it's amazing to me because in that moment, Jonah realizes, okay, God, I'm in the wrong here. I'm in the wrong And he goes to that city and he tells the people, you need to change. God tells me to tell you, you've got to change. And God does something amazing. Guess what? God got their attention. He got Jonah's attention and then he got the city's attention. And amazing things happen. But friends, I don't always understand why God has to use pain to get our attention. I think, honestly, sometimes if I'm completely honest with myself, it's just because I'm stubborn. (laughs) We can be stubborn creatures. 
But I remember this one time is that when I was a young pastor that uh, I had a, a, a young kid, super talented kid, who was just super athletic, just a neat kid, and he had earned a Division II football scholarship. And I, I had this relationship with this guy. I'm going to call him Joe. And Joe, had just, he had it all, man. He was kind of big man on campus, got the scholarship to play Division II football, senior year, and three games into the season, he was injured. He was injured bad. So bad that they had to put metal rods in his leg. His football career was over. And I remember going to the hospital and, and going in and sitting by his bedside. And I, didn't, I, I don't think we talked for at least 10, 15 minutes. We just sat there. And the whole time, he just laid in the bed staring at the ceiling. And finally, God just kind of prompted me to say something. And, and I, don't even, I don't even remember saying it. But I, I, I said, Joe, man, I am so sorry that this happened. And what came out of my mouth next, I can't believe I said it, but it was the right thing to say. I said, Joe, I can't help but wonder if God is trying to get your attention. And when I said that, I still remember his ears, or his ears, his eyes, his eyes just started to fill up and tears just started to streak down his cheek. And he said this, he said, Josh, I've been laying here thinking that the whole time. And we talked through that. We talked through, and he, he confessed. He's like, you know, I think, Josh, I think really what my problem is, I, I've made football my God. I, it was more important to me than anything else. And he said, yeah. And he learned that God had used pain to get his attention. And I, I wish I could tell you it all worked out, but no, football never worked out. But I can tell you, God got a hold of this guy's heart and started to do something in his life. And he, he started to have an impact on his peers and I, he even led a couple to Christ, and I'm like, man, but God had to use pain to get his attention. Friends, I don't know, I don't know where you're at today. And I, and I would just kind of say to you, I don't, is it possible that, that there's been moments in your life where I call whoosh, whoosh moments, where God's trying to get your attention? Maybe you're even thinking back on something right now where you're like, well, I think, I think, I didn't realize it then, but I realize it now. God was preserving me or God protected me or God used that painful time to teach me something because he was trying to get my attention. Friends, God loves you and he's always trying to get your attention. I call them whoosh moments because in those moments, God wants to do something incredible. But here's the other thing I learned about these moments. God doesn't just get our attention and just leave us there. <laughs> he doesn't say, here I am, okay, see you later. No. He does that because he's got a next step for us. He's got something in place that he wants us to learn or see or understand. And when I look at all these passages of Scripture that I, we just walked through, do you know what else I see? God used it to get people's attention, but you know what else he did? He used each of those moments to bring about some form of salvation, some aha moment in those people's lives. Don't believe me? Well, look at this. He brought salvation and preservation to Noah's whole family by allowing the waters to finally recede. He brought salvation to an entire nation of Israel 
by sending those plagues and forcing Pharaoh to let his people go. He brought salvation literally to the disciples by allowing them not to drown. He brought salvation to an entire city. When Jonah went and said, you guys need to repent, and they did, and God spared that entire city, he brought salvation. Friends, in every single case, God used those whoosh moments to get people's attention and to say, I've got something better in mind. I've got a salvation moment for you. And I think that's what he wants to do in our lives sometimes. There's one other whoosh moment that I want to share that I think has implications for us. And I think we can learn from, especially in this week prior to Easter. It's in Acts 2. And I love this passage. It's called Pentecost, okay? Now, read through this. Check this out with me. It says, When the day of Pentecost came, they, that's the disciples, okay, Jesus was gone at this point. He had ascended into heaven, okay? The disciples were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound, I love this, suddenly a sound like a, the blowing of a violent, what's it say? Wind. I love this came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Okay, I'm not going to be honest. That's a little freaky to me. That would scare me. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, friends, if you don't know, the Holy Spirit is that part of God that wants to take a residence in our lives. And tell us when we have those whoosh moments. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and this is crazy. They began to speak in other tongues, other languages, as the Spirit enabled him. Now, here's the part. Okay, here's my dorky pastor moment, because it gave me goosebumps when I saw this. Friends, the Greek word for spirit here is pneuma. The English translation of the word pneuma is what? Wind. What? I like this is so cool to me. I love that. Okay, so sue me. I'm a dorky pastor. Okay, I just thought that was so neat, right? But it doesn't end there. I love this because remember, God uses whoosh moments to get people's attention. Look what happens next. Pick it up in verse five. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from where every nation, from all over the world, they were there. From under heaven. When they heard this sound, <laughs> I think I heard a whoosh. They heard the sound. I think I heard a whoosh. A crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. This is so cool. Utterly amazed, they asked, wait a minute, aren't all these guys Galileans? How is it that each of them is speaking in our native language? Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? I think I heard a whoosh. And they went and investigated. Now, here's the best part. Peter recognizes that he, God has got their attention. People from all over the world, God has got their attention. But Peter didn't say, well, that's cool. It's like God got their attention. No, Peter seized the moment. And you know what he did? He stood up and in front of Thousands of people that God had just gotten their attention. He said, let me tell you about this guy named Jesus. And God used that whoosh moment to impact lives for eternity. I love that. This is so cool. And so friends, I go like, what's the point? Here's my point. 
Friends, I believe God does these whoosh moments in our lives to get our attention. But you know what? I believe he uses whoosh moments to get people's attention around us as well. I do. There are people in our community, people that you rub shoulders with every day in the marketplace, in your workplace, in the community, that God wants to get their attention too. And if we're attentive to it, guess what? God could actually use us, wrap your brain around this, to say, hey, let me tell you about a God that loves you like crazy. So friends, here's two things as we start to wrap this up. If you sense somehow, some way in this week that God is maybe trying to tap someone you know on the shoulder, he's trying to get their attention, seize that opportunity. So maybe you recognize it. Maybe someone shares with you a moment where they felt preserved, protected. Maybe they're even going through some pain. We have to be careful with that. But maybe that's an opportunity for us to speak into their lives to say, maybe God's trying to get your attention. But it has to start with one thing first. First, The first thing we need to do, we need to extend compassion. If you recognize a whoosh moment in someone's life, start with compassion. Always start with compassion. It says this in Colossians 3. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly, Loved. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other. I love that phrase, bear with each other. Because guess what? God is doing something in the lives of the people around us, and we need to bear with them. Friends, you might have a friend, a neighbor who's going through something painful. You don't hit them with the Bible first. No, you, you show them compassion first. You show them that you're there for them. You humble yourself and say, I don't know what's going on. I, I, don't, I don't always get life, but I'm here for you. You start with compassion. And then if the opportunity comes, friends, then you invite them to explore. Then you invite them to explore. Friends, the Christian faith has to be a faith where we say, hey, I don't always get it. I don't always understand it, but I just want to encourage you to check it out for yourself. That's the claim of Christianity. Do you know Jesus himself did that? Do you know why God had to send his own flesh and blood down here? Because we had a hard time comprehending God. So God sent Jesus, and Jesus said, here I am. You don't understand God? He will take a look at me. Touch me. Feel me. Talk to me. Lick me. I don't care. Whatever. You know, like, come check me out. That's why he came. In fact, in this one case in John 20... One of the disciples is having a hard time. The other disciples like, hey, did you know Jesus can't? He's risen. They're like, what? Thomas said, no, you're nuts. I don't believe you. You know what the disciples said? Check it out for yourself. So Jesus shows up in their midst and he says this. Then he, Jesus, he focused his attention on Thomas. He said, hey, Thomas, hey, come check me out for yourself. Put your fingers where, where my scars are. Put your hand here where I got pierced with a spear. And Thomas goes, holy moly. Jesus said, don't be unbelieving, believe. Friends, that's what I love about Christianity. Christianity says, explore God. So I hope you hear my heart in this. We need to be a church where we can say, everybody is welcome in this place. You going through tough stuff? Me too. 
Let's explore it together. God doesn't always make sense, but you know what? Let's explore it together, friends. That's the heart of Christianity. Friends, if you think that you have to know all the right phases or phrases, that you have to attain some certain level of knowledge first, that's not Christianity. That's a cult. <laughs> I believe that. Christianity is about saying, no, come experience God for yourself. And we could have an opportunity to share that with someone this week. God might, I believe, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I believe God could bring people across your paths even this week where you might have an opportunity to say, why don't you come just check us out? Why don't you come check out the God that I believe in? Come join me on Easter. True story, one of our board of directors was telling me she was waiting in line at the DMV, okay? Waiting in line at the DMV. And of course, there's always a line at the DMV. And these three huge basketball players got in line behind her and they started talking about church. And, like, and one of them said, well, you know, I used to do church and it's not really my thing anymore. And God said, I think I heard a whoosh. And so she turned around and believe it or not, she had an Easter invite in her purse and she said, hey, you know what? I don't know where you're at with God, but I can tell you that our church, we want you to explore God. We want you to check it out. And she gave him an invitation. I have no idea if they're come. No idea. But friends, that's the kind of moments I'm talking about that God could use this next week. Even in my own life in the last three weeks, I, I'm not kidding. I have had my hairstylist bring up spiritual things as I was getting a haircut. So I invited her to Easter. I was in line at a convenience store. I'd never seen this lady in my life. And she goes, are you a pastor? What? <laughs> what? I'm like, she's like, yeah, aren't you a pastor at Edinburgh? I'm like, oh, okay. So at least, okay, that's not a little freaky. Okay, at least she recognized it. I'm like, yes, I am. She's like, yeah, I haven't been there in a while. I said, you should come. Come join us for Easter. And believe it or not, just this last week, I finally met a neighbor across the street, three doors. I'd never met him before. I was able to tell him what I do. And I said, well, you know what? If you want, we'd love to have you for Easter. Yeah. Whoosh moments. And I said, okay, God, I'll take you up on that, friends. Let's, let's be intentional. And I know that's kind of a shameless pitch, but I, I'm passionate about it. Let's be inviting people here. Why? Because I want more stories like this. Check out this video. Um, we're invited to Edinburgh Church by Aaron McMurdo. Um, he, uh, he goes to our school. Well, he did go to our school. He's one year older than us. And he's like, oh, well, you should come to our church. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, to, okay. And, <laughs> you know, getting invited to a church is kind of like, well, yeah, and so he invited us to Harvest Fest. Yeah, so um, it was really nice that it was someone we knew that invited us, because then we kind of had, like, if we didn't feel kind of comfortable, we'd kind of go, uh, hey, uh, can you sit with us, or can you, like, and he, and everybody at um, SWAP made us feel really comfortable right away, and it just felt really good. Like, we got in there, and it felt really nice, even though I was kind of scared, because in a way, like, girls kind of intimidate me. But um, it felt really nice um, <laughs> developing relationships with each and every one of those girls and getting to know them better and having them around me and knowing that we all 
um, have a journey really similar, whether it's spiritual or academic or just stressful <laughs> life in general. Like we're all there for each other and it's great because you know, I can do a lot of things around them that I can't do around other people, like like brown sugar off the of countertops. But um, <laughs> I, I started learning about God and like, I got to experience so much more. For me, growing up with um, God was kind of just, he's there and it's like, okay. And so you're kind, of, you're kind of just like, you're telling me he's there. It's not really like, there's no reinforcement. There's no like, this is why. And Edinburgh, they give you, oh, this is the proof. This is what he did. He showed us he loved you. And it just, that love really made me just so happy that I was more open to expressing love myself for others. I enjoyed just being part of a community. It really felt like you, it really just, lift your spirits like me and Annie come in and random people tell us we look beautiful and stuff it's like right it's like I only get this love at church like I only get that love at church like it'll be like Saturday and you just lay in your bed and it's so bummy right and you're just like it's been a hard week and then you get to Sunday and and they go oh you guys have such beautiful smiles and we're like thank you like my mom doesn't even say that. Just being a part of the Edinburgh community. Like, I even have a pop socket on my phone. It's free. But, <laughs> like, it says Edinburgh Church. It says Edinburgh Church. It, was so... it says Edinburgh Church. Sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Friends, there are, people, there are people around us that are craving that. They're, they're craving a place to belong. They're craving a place where they can explore. God, they're craving a place where they can figure out their faith. So friends, I just want to encourage you, let's be intentional. I, I would love, this is my action step for you, pick up a couple of these cards on your way out. Please pick up a card and carry this this week. And if God gives you a whoosh moment, invite him to come explore this God that loves him like crazy. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for your great love. We could never fathom of it. We don't completely understand it. Thanks for those whoosh moments in our lives. We pray for more of them. God, I pray that we would have them this week, that people would come across our paths so it's like, you can't make this up. And we would hear that whoosh. And we'd say, yeah, okay. And we'd extend that invite to be here and experience and so people could experience the love of Jesus Christ on Easter Sunday. Man, we're going to celebrate you, and we're going to trust that you're going to do a work in people's lives next Sunday because we were intentional about inviting. So God, do that. Blow this place up and bring salvation to those that need to hear it. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen, you guys. Thanks so much for coming. Love you guys. There'll be people up front to pray for you after service if you need it.